Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with Drew Dinsick. Today, we're going to talk about a pretty interesting Monday Night Football game out of nowhere. And then we're going to break down Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, and then talk about the Trailblazers and the Jazz, a couple of teams in the Northwest uh, who are surprising for the right reasons. But firstly, Drew, how are you? How did you enjoy Monday Night Football? (laughs) Well, you know, I, I called it Bears upset, 33 points. Uh, actually, not at all. In fact, uh, I'm, my uh, my quote must have gotten circulated on Bears Reddit or something because I woke up to like <laughs> I woke up to about twenty five message requests from Bears fans. It's like never disrespect us, and it's like you guys are ten point dogs to the Cowboys next week. Yeah. Uh, what, the, what you think? Do you think this is just me? No, the market is uh, does not believe in your team. And I guess I, I mean I'll give um I will give Justin Fields props because um any. You know, if you're if you're kind of extrapolating, if you're building any kind of projection from the ground up, from a play by play level, even or from a player's impact on a play level, right? And you you have some sort of median expectation for what to expect from Justin Fields on any given play. It has to be kind of nudged up relative to where we kind of, yeah, because 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 you you know when especially when out of structure, when when out of the scripted portion of the of the offense, like. Some plays were absolute chaos, muffed snap, balls trickling on the ground. You expect it's going to be a you know a fifteen yard loss, you know miserable sack, and he rushes for a first down. And it's like he did that enough last night that it wasn't fluky. It was just that's the way he plays, and it's a different style of off you know a different style of attack than the Patriots were prepared for. Patriots are very disciplined. Then you look at what happened to the Patriots this year. Uh, the two games that they've gone against dynamic athletes at quarterback. Lamar Jackson and now Justin Fields, they've looked bad. And I think part of that is just because of they're so, you know, beaten into like, this is my role, you know, play disciplined, uh, you know, well-defined defensive role. And it was just chaos out there and they couldn't really adjust in the moment on you know play by play basis. So uh, kind of something to keep in mind about what to expect from the Patriots defense when they're going up to that style of quarterback play. And, um, you know, Justin Fields, he took some shots. His offensive line is bad. They got worse with injury, and now they get to go up against the Cowboys' D-line. Uh, it's going to be a tough watch uh, if you're a Bears fan, in my mind. 
Yeah, I think the Pats, that's the first time they didn't cover since week three against Lamar Jackson. Uh, and their run defense has been pretty bad all year. Like, it's been the pass defense that has led them to an overall pretty strong unit. But the run defense has been bad, and they just got manhandled. And makes you a little bit worried about going against the Jets, who love to run the ball and have run it pretty effectively. We'll see how much of that was Brees Hall and how much of that was their scheme and their offensive line, though they have injuries there as well. And yeah, I mean, I think you have to clearly downgrade the Patriots after they got blown out by 19 points at home to Chicago. Uh, they go to three and four now in the cellar of the AFC East. I think we should quickly touch on Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi. Uh, who affects the line more at the moment? Is it Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi? I still think that Mac is worth a half point more to the line than Zappi, but it's pretty close. I don't have a read on this at all. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on there. Nothing that the Patriots have done in terms of building an offense going back to the end of last year has made sense to me at all. Uh, this a lot of like even in the first half of last of yesterday's game where they start Jones, he looks miserable. They pull the switch, you know, they bench him, uh, and then you know they they called the good plays for Bailey Zappi in the first couple of snaps. It felt like performance art, like this was all some sort of kind of Machiavellian plan to uh, supplant Jones. I don't know why that would have been their plan if it even is, uh, and I I'm speculating even in saying this. So you know, I think ultimately the team looks to ha- you know if Zappi had pulled off the comeback win yesterday, if he has a second half that's capable then I think that you can't go back to Mac Jones anytime soon because the locker rooms, they want to win. And, you know, they would rally around a guy like Zappi, whereas they already have given up on Jones that we saw at the end of last season. So very volatile situation that Belichick has created for himself there in that locker room, particularly with the uh, with the aging defense, who was the strength of the team, getting embarrassed and, and now trying to figure out what you're going to do with the quarterback position. Not a great place to be if you're the Patriots. They're out of the mix right now in the playoffs. This was actually an important loss because the AFC has a bunch of surprise teams that are compiling wins that are kind of running away from you now. Like we talked about the a- a- NFC yesterday, and it's like, yeah, I mean, technically Brady and Rodgers and the Rams and the Niners, they're not really all that far out of it because no one's running away from them. But... In the AFC, it's a very different story. And so Pat's kind of backs against the wall. I think they go back to Jones, and I would make him a small upgrade, but uh, very, very low low conviction in that. Yeah, I think the weirdest thing about the situation is that Jacoby Myers didn't know the plan uh, about what the quarterbacks were doing. So some weirdness going on in New England. But, Drew, you mentioned performance art, and there was some performance art uh, at sportsbooks across the world last night in terms of what they were doing with the offensive rookie of the year market, trading live with Bailey Zappi, who started the night at 100-1 to 1 some places to win offensive rookie of the year. After five pass attempts, he was into plus 500. The year. Uh, one of those pass attempts, by the way, I think Zappi's touchdown pass was a worse throw than Mac Jones' interception. I agree. Um, that was an atrocious pass, uh, but the zappy the zappy hour got underway <laughs> really brought in uh but then by the end of the night after two picks and a fumble lost and a 19 point loss to the chicago bears zappy is back out to plus 1400 for offensive mm-hmm. rookie year at points bet uh the favorite in that market is kenneth walker the uh, third i believe he likes to be called ken actually so ken walker the third plus 165 
followed by Damian Pierce uh, at plus 400, Chris Olave at plus 800, and then you really start getting into the long shots. Who do you like mm. in this market? Well, I don't think it's going to be a zappy ending for the Patriots fans who are firing live <laughs> at plus 500 <laughs> or even betting plus 1400 seems insane to me. Uh, it's going to take another Mac Jones injury for this to be a permanent shift into the zappy being the there, you know, the guy. Um, and, you know, it's the Patriots not, you know, even if he only is quarterback for a portion of the season. Patriots aren't making the playoffs likely, and at that point, how, why is how is he winning over a guy who's produced a lot over the balance of the season, who's getting a ton of volume? So um, I'm I'm fine ruling out both uh, both Zappy and Pickens for that you know, Pickett for that matter. I would look almost squarely at the running backs who exist in this market. Ken Walker the third, he's taken on the you know the lion's share of the you know offense here for the Seattle Seahawks, which is. Now, uh, playoffs started today. You're three seed in the NFC. And I would expect that, uh, you know, his performance continues to, you know, to continue on the uh, on the uptick here. Um, absolutely love what I've seen from him in terms of his ability just to play the position uh, on top of the fact that we know Seattle's going to commit commit to giving him uh, volume. So um, short of an injury, he's going to run away with this in my mind. And, uh, you know, none of these guys sort of in the long shot range really makes sense to me just because they're – usage has been so sporadic yep ken walker is the guy for me in this market uh when i was pricing this market out yesterday i make walker minus 110 to win this award i would take him over the field i think it's largely a bet on health and the reason why i have him so clearly over damian pierce is one he just plays for a much better team texans aren't going to sniff the playoffs they're going to be a three four win team there's going to be a lot of games where just game script just destroys damian pierce even though on talent, I don't think he's that far off Ken Walker, if yeah. at all. Uh, and I just think the Seattle offense, it's just proven that it's a, it's a really strong offense. Even if DK Metcalf misses a little bit of time, you know, they've proven that they can support, you know, multiple guys uh, at skill positions, you know, being explosive. Uh, Ken Walker, he seems to have all the momentum behind him at the moment. I still think Pierce is the rightful second favorite. Uh, but after that, I think Olave... Maybe Jameis comes back. Olave had the highest average depth of target in the league with Jameis. He's also just really freaking good too, uh, where he's shown that he can be a deep threat. Also working in the more intermediate spaces with Dalton at quarterback. So I don't think Olave is drawing dead, but I kind of think the rest of the field is after those top three. Uh, if Wondell Robinson had started the season healthy, I think he would have been yeah. interesting, but he's just coming too late. And then outside yeah. of that, uh, George Pickens at twenty to one, no, no, but uh, he he has the talent. If you want, if he can make a run, uh, I think he is the candidate in Pittsburgh over Kenny Pickett. But uh, yeah, any interest in Olave at plus eight hundred? Uh, you make a couple of key points, notably the quarterback situation in New Orleans, which can only improve. You would think. Um, and that's not even to say that Andy Dalton's Andy, Andy Dalton hadn't even been bad. Andy Dalton's been, you know, outside of outside of one really really horrific play, uh, the second pick six. The first one was not on him, but the second one was. Um, outside of that play, he's been pretty capable. Um, Jameis Winston would, in my mind, still represent an upgrade, especially if he's healthy. Um, and if you know, this, the NFC South is awful. 
and it is a wide open. Uh, no one is eliminated. We talked about the Panthers even having a chance yesterday. Like the Saints absolutely could pick up enough steam here to win that division, at which point maybe their reward for that is Chris Olave gets offensive rookie of the year. Um, he's certainly going to be the featured target in the offense if uh, they do find their form. Yeah. I don't believe in the Saints. I do believe in the Seahawks, <laughs> though. And that's why Ken Walker, uh, Brees Hall broke my heart, but Ken Walker, you are the new champion. All right. Download the RotoWorld app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in the App Store today. Buying a master mechanics tool set usually means high prices, higher interest rates, and who knows how many years of monthly payments. But at GearWrench, we don't believe that your tools should take years and years to pay for. So check out Mega Mod Master Sets, the master mechanics tool sets that deliver pro-quality tools, organized storage solutions, an easy-to-use lifetime warranty, and much, much more. All for thousands less than you'd expect. So don't wait. Explore the sets and check availability now. Only at GearWrench.com. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. This football season, PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same-game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, and cash out your live second-half over bet. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with the code BETTHEEDGE to get a second chance on your first five bets up to $100 each. New customers only, must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia, Kansas, or Louisiana. Void where prohibited, Louisiana license pending in partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, first five bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website for more details. Gambling problem? In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. And in Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. 
1-877-770-7867. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. All right, let's pivot to defense, defensive rookie of the year, uh, where Sauce Gardner is now plus 150, the clear favorite after putting on a clinic in Denver, my old stomping ground. Uh, Brett Rippon decided to take Sauce Gardner on with the game on the line. Uh, as Omar Little said on the wire, you come at the source, you best not miss. <laughs> and uh, Colton Sutton was uh, made a fool by... By Sauce Gardner, who was really the outstanding player in the game, I thought. He had three pass breakups. Uh, I believe it was he was targeted 10 times, and he gave up eight yards. That's good. Uh, so he is the favorite. Tariq Woolen is the challenger, plus 325. Aiden Hutchinson, who had a couple of sacks, but is on an atrocious defense. He's plus 900. And then we get into Jack Jones. Uh, and then a guy I want to get your thoughts on uh, in Kayvon Thibodeau. But who are... What's your rate on this market at the moment? Is Sauce just going to win? Well, the fact that he plays in New York is a huge, huge hurdle to overcome because you want to write something positive about the Jets since they're winning. And you cannot write about Zach Wilson. You, no cannot, you cannot write about Brees Hall now. Uh, so, you know, if they continue to impre- impress, if they continue to achieve, then Sauce Gardner is going to be sort of the de facto beneficiary of all of their success because most of it's coming on the defensive side of the ball. And I agree, he has been a standout performer, not just for rookies, but for all cornerbacks this season. And he looks like a bona fide guy. Uh, and kind of recognizing that in a rookie year is especially impressive because it usually takes defensive backs a couple of years to really get a sense of what they're supposed to be doing out there. And the fact that they're just kind of willing to dedicate, hey, there's wide receiver one, Go take care of business. Game's on the line, and he does it. Is it's all that is very, very impressive. So he is rightfully the favorite in my mind. Uh, Woolen is not realistically going to be given consideration because a lot of you know voters probably don't know what team he plays for. Yeah, uh, and also he's only in there because of counting stats, and that's not sustainable. He's not going to continue to get a takeaway game as we go through the meat of the season. If he does, then you know, you know, then. Things are going well for the Seahawks broadly, so I won't complain. Um, but I think that's, you know, not should not be the expectation there. I agree. Hutchinson is on a miserable defense, does not have a realistic shot. Jack Jones, similarly, I don't think is going to get realistic consideration. Thibodeau is interesting. I mean, the Giants, you know, he missed a huge chunk of the season, but he has shown pop when he's been available. And the Giants in general look like they are not winning out of, you know, out of fluke. This is sustainable. Um you know, granted, they're going to running into the Seahawks buzzsaw this weekend. But other than that, like this team is probably primed for a wild card spot in a very weak NFC. So, um, yeah, Thibodeau, you know, he's going to get some high profile games down the stretch. Um, and if you're trying to play a little defense on a big position on Sauce Gardner, then that's where I would go. But like it, it's going to be extremely tough for anyone to rip this out of Sauce's hands. Yeah, I think Thibodeau is the long shot, relative long shot that I'd be most interested in. Jaquan Brisker, plus 2,800 after a really good game last night, maybe. But I think this is Sauce's award to lose. When I was pricing this out last night, I made Sauce minus 125. Uh, I passed that on to someone 
whose opinion I really respect around the NFL, and he said that you're not making him big enough of a favorite. Minus 125 mm. is still a bet, and he's plus 150, so uh, that that is also a bet. Uh, I just think that the thing is with defensive awards is that it's very difficult to quantify defense, so you fall back on reputation. You fall back yeah. on pedigree, on name, on market, and Source Garner just ticks all of those boxes, and it just comes down to you know the 50 voters who vote on this award. At the end of the day, when they're evaluating cornerbacks, regardless of your interception numbers, are they going to go with Source Gardner or Tariq Woolen? They're going to yeah. go with Source Gardner if it's yeah, close. 100%. Right now, and right now, Source Gardner is the deserving candidate in any case. He is. He leads the NFL in pass breakups with ten. No one has more than seven. Uh, and then among cornerbacks who have played at least two hundred and twenty snaps. He's the third best cornerback in the entire league by PFF grade. The two guys in front of him, Pat Sertan and Jalen Ramsey, both mm. pretty good. So I think Sauce is, is clearly the guy. He's still a bet on at the current market price. Woolen is going to have to basically do what Trayvon Diggs did last year, but carried into the second half of the season as well, which Diggs didn't do, and just put up absurd interception stats. He's not as good as Source Gardner, and he doesn't have the profile, so he's going to have to basically be setting records, I think, to win. Yes, so the last kind of thing that we haven't mentioned for both Rookie of the Year markets is there is such a thing as the rookie wall, and there will be a time where the, you know these guys get tested at the end of the season and they're exhausted because of how much they've been asked to play and what they've been asked to do. And Sauce Gardner in particular, finishing on the road at Seattle, at Miami, back-to-back weeks, if he draws assignments against DK Metcalf and Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddell and gets you know cooked in those two games, you know the, how you finish matters in the voting mind. And you know, and so I think you know he's plus one sixty five or plus one fifty now. I can see that getting into the minus eight hundred range by Christmas. But I am still going to have a head on a swivel about anyone being able to come and pick his pocket at the end of the season just based on how long the season is and how how the Jets finish because Jets still have two games against the Bills. Uh, they got uh, a little bit of a tough stretch coming up with uh, a couple of games against the Patriots, which Sauce should do well against. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Vikings, uh, Vikings, Bills, Bills, Jags. So, you know, they, there's, there's, they're not as tough a schedule as I expected for the Jets. They could still sneak their way into the playoffs. Yeah, I think my experience across the war, and this is largely across all sports, is that generally the last week of the season doesn't really matter because people have already made their minds up outside of unless it's a catastrophe like what happened with the Colts in Jacksonville in Week 18, where it's just so absurd that Jonathan Taylor can no longer win the award. I think back to 2019, the Patriots uh, with Stefan Gilmore, who was the clear front runner for Defensive Player of the Year, the Pats, they play against Miami, and they just butcher it. They lose the one seed, uh, and Devontae Parker has eight receptions for 137 yards on Stefan Gilmore, but the award was already kind of done. Uh, yeah. And even though they completely blew it, Gilmore had enough of a lead. And so these awards do become fait accompli, where if it's one bad game, voters aren't going to be like, oh, no, Source Gardner got lit up by Tyreek Hill, uh, you're out. No, they write it off. Oh, no, it was one bad game. Over the course of the whole season, he was still the best guy. Last week is a tie break if it's really close, but okay. I think that he should have enough of a lead. It still is scary, though, Tyreek Hill in, uh, in week 18, but maybe uh, it might be, might be an opportunity to buy someone as a long shot. Uh, anyway, that is 
Defensive Rookie of the Year, Source Gardner, is the play. Now, just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football on the NASCAR circuit and in the Premier League. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Packers and Bills in our Sunday Night 7 contest. What are the Bills right now? 11.5-point favorites against Aaron Rodgers? It's incredible. Uh, Bills. Uh, an absurd amount of points. All right, let's pivot to the NBA, talk about the Trailblazers and the Jazz. Uh, let's start with Portland, who are a shocking 4-0 after blowing out the Denver Nuggets by 25 points last night. They are now plus 115 to make the playoffs, minus 140 to miss. That minus 140 was minus 250 uh, not too long ago. Uh, 4-0 against the spread. Like we said, they've won all four games. Damian Lillard, looking a little bit like Damian Lillard out there too. Are you buying this Blazers hot start? It's tough not to, but I have a ton of questions about this team still. At least coming into the season, I was very, very cold on them. I thought their preseason signal we got was spelling you know, potential catastrophe out of the gate, and the fact that they're 4-0 is uh, basically exactly opposite my expectation here. They are sixth right now in offensive rating, ninth in defensive rating, seventh in net rating. Uh, they are playing at a relatively slow pace. I did not expect this level of defensive competence whatsoever. I did not expect a slow pace here whatsoever. Uh, in game one, even in a hard-fought win against the Kangs, uh, I thought Dame Lillard looked like the worst player on the floor for the, you know, for the closing five for the Blazers. And it was not, you know, no, no, not even close. And then he comes back and just absolutely dominated the next, next outing. And he was incredible last night. So it's, it's very, very hard to get a read on exactly what's going on here. uh, Other than the fact that they are playing very, very hard and, Chauncey Billups, who I had a very low opinion on coming into this season, is coaching well so far. He's doing decent things with this rotation. They've gotten a very nice emergence out of Anthony Simmons. Um, and uh, as long as Yusuf Nurkic is healthy, he's actually kind of secretly one of the most important players for a team's success in the NBA because he anchors what they do defensively. So I think as long as Nurkic is healthy and and uh, you know and and, uh, and otherwise, uh, you know things are you know kind of improving and advancing. Um, you know, as, as expected here, this is probably a team that's going to make the play in at a minimum, if not the playoff field uh, of six in the uh, in the Western Conference, because the Western Conference looks uh, looks kind of weak. It does. I well, it does for now. We'll for see now. how it looks. Teams <laughs> like Minnesota should get better as the season progresses. Uh, the Clippers as well, but I think you touched on it with Nurkic, where. Portland's problem is that they have no depth, and specifically, outside of Nurkic, they don't have any tall human beings. Uh, yeah. If he goes down, they're screwed. Uh, and I believe I believe in Portland. I believe in that starting lineup. If they have Dame and Anthony Simons and Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant and Yusuf Nurkic, yeah, if all those five guys play 70 games, great. Then maybe they are a sixth seed. But the moment any of those five goes down, yeah. it's a disaster. Maybe you can withstand Josh Hart because you've got the Sea Little who can come in. But if anyone else goes down, they are in big trouble because they're already playing Drew Eubanks. He's a part of the rotation every night. Uh, Keon Johnson, who has some potential as a first-round pick, but he is being relied on. Shaden Sharp, who is uh, one of the 
the roughest diamonds around, and maybe he, <laughs> he could become he could become an all star one day, trading stuff. But he hasn't played yeah. much basketball, and he's straight in the rotation now. He's yeah. been better than I thought he would be these first few games, but still, I think the Blazers. Uh, it is on a bit of a knife's edge, but if they can stay healthy, then they become really interesting. But uh, I'm just not buying that Yusuf Nurkic and, and Dame and, and everyone is going to stay healthy for the whole season. Yeah. Now, I think in a way, the, the buzziest story uh, have been the, the Utah Jazz, who are 3-1 and one to start the season. Their offense looks incredible. And I actually buy the offense because I think that with the amount of shooting that they have, with the amount of passing, that the offense might be semi-real. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't buy the defense. I don't think that'll sustain. But let's just play the game of the Jazz. They decide to keep their team together. Like, yeah. what is this? Is this a 35-win team if they keep everyone? Yeah, this one's a weird one also because you put the pieces you know if you have a player level rating and you put the pieces together and you construct well should you know is this a, is this a team that deserves bottom five in the nba consideration which is kind of where the market had them rated to start the season and the answer was clearly no like this is you put the pieces together this should be an average nba team like i would you know just on paper I would favor them over the likes of the Hornets. I would favor them over the likes of the Wizards, you know, like some of the other kind of middling teams in the NBA, like just by a player level rating, you would expect to be decent. Um, but at the same time, the organization was clearly telling you, look, we are, we are starting, we are, we are scrapping this, we are tearing this thing down, uh, and we are not competing for anything this year. And so the players didn't get that message. The coach didn't get that message. The new young, young coach they got, Will Hardy, that they took from the Celtics, looks like he knows what he's doing. Like that guy looks like he is going to be around for a long time and a good anchor for a rebuild here. And I think, uh, you know, the idea that they in you know may have accidentally reloaded instead of re- rebuilt is, uh, is hysterical. Um, I'm only looking at them at 10th right now. Uh, out of 30 in offensive rating, 16th in defensive rating, 9th in net rating. Uh, their pace is right in the middle of the, the M, you know, NBA average. And I, I don't really get the sense that they have truly overperformed so far this season. I think this is a team that's going to be very competitive against the best in the NBA on a given night. And I give a ton of the credit to Mike Conley, who still has it. Mike Conley, yeah. still, he still got it. Uh, he, he has missed a ton of time last handful of years because of injury, because of his age. Uh, and he's his age 35 season now. And he has, he is taking on some pretty, you know, pretty difficult defensive roles, particularly in end of game scenarios. Um, and he looks at least like he still has, uh, has the goods as a, as a, a true defensive guard, which is kind of rare, you know, few and far between in today's NBA. So, um, I think they're going to continue to win games, uh, and I think they're going to continue to be a bet on, at least as long as the market's still rating them as sort of a bottom 10 team. Yeah, I th- would have liked to see that from Mike Conley in the playoffs against Dallas when I was all in on the Jazz, and he gave me absolutely nothing. <laughs> but I think that offensively, like Olenek, Markinen, Conley, Clarkson, Sexton, these are good offensive players, uh, and that is a lot of shooting that they're putting out there, which I think is just a pain to deal with when you combine it with seemingly – Pretty sound offensive scheme uh, that Will Hardy is running out there, and they, you know, they're playing hard. They're doing all the right things and all that type of thing. I just don't think there's any, there's very little ceiling for the defense uh, with Vanderbilt at center playing Olenek and Markkinen alongside him, and a defensive backcourt still of Conley, Clarkson, Sexton, Malik Beasley. Like I just don't think there's much upside there. But yeah, as soon as long as they keep everyone together, you know, this is a 
might be better than the Lakers um, if they keep everyone right. together, honestly, with might how be? this is playing out. <laughs> I'm still expecting LeBron and AD will restore a certain floor, and they, the Lakers are shooting unsustainably poorly. But, yeah, I think that they're in that mix. Uh, if the Blazers get an injury or two, all of a sudden the Jazz get in that mix as well. So, yeah, the Jazz uh, will be a bet on for now. All right. Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for those watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to subscribe and rate us. From Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. we'll be back tomorrow. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You can live out your MasterChef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.